Our partners are embracing 5G. And so now people are getting more and more used to seeing on their phone that they're operating using 5G network speeds. I believe people are enjoying these super fast speeds, enjoying no delays in what they're doing, but also specifically around the enterprise. You have manufacturing use cases, smart warehouses, data collected through sensors, etc. 5G enabled augmented reality. All of that is evolving. And what's really exciting to me about it is that it's a steady evolution. Welcome to The Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. I've spent more than a decade really learning about technology. One makes it tick. And then describing and explaining that to my audience. But it's the conversations with the world's most unconventional thinkers, the leaders at the intersection of technology and business, that fascinate me the most. In partnership with T-Mobile for Business, I explore the unique set of challenges that CTOs and CIOs and other tech executives face from advancements in cloud and edge computing, software as a service, Internet of Things, and, of course, 5G. We are often left wondering how the leading minds in business continue to thrive. Let's find out. Our guest today is John Curtis, VP and General Manager of Samsung Electronics America's B2B mobile division. John already had an impressive career in the telecommunications industry before joining Samsung. And he's seen some major transformations in the sector over the years, from the proliferation of smartphones to systems migrating to the cloud to the mobile office. John's seen it all, and like a true restless one, he is eager to do his part to usher in a future in which mobility and flexibility play a crucial role in business. If you listened to our two-part series with Major League Baseball, you heard us talk a lot about how mobile technology is playing an increasingly important role in the ballpark experience for fans and, behind the scenes, for the organization. And if you haven't listened to that series... You should definitely do that because those episodes are great, but they give just the tiniest hint of how mobile technology will transform everything. We've seen it in our personal lives, and we're just at the beginning of seeing it do the same thing to business. We'll hear a lot more from John about that. But let's get to our interview and learn about how John got into the world of technology through an interesting pathway, one that involves fruit. John, it is such a pleasure to have you on The Restless Ones. Welcome to the show. Jonathan, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with you. I'm excited too. And one thing I always like to do before I start getting elbows deep into the tech is to learn more about the guests I have. So I really want to know, how did you first get interested in the world of technology? If you go back to the early 90s, I grew up in Dublin and Ireland, but my sister came over to the States to do postgraduate school. And she went to MIT in Boston, actually. And she came home one Christmas and got her computer and plugged a telephone cable into it and typed in a whole lot of stuff into the computer and gave us an email address at IOL, irelandonline.ie. So in 1990, we had email at home. And myself and my parents didn't have a clue what to do with that. But we used to just type in on the computer at home And in her office in Boston, she was able to see what we were typing and to respond. But I also vividly remember getting my first mobile phone 
when I was in university myself in the mid 90s and being so excited with that. So later on in life, when I had the opportunity to work in technology, it felt like a very natural step. When did you decide that this was something you wanted to look into more seriously, like going into technology as a, as a career field? I decided to go into customer management, customer engagement and sales and actually went over to the UK to work in a fruit factory distributing fruit products to a company called Asda that later got acquired by Walmart. So I would see that my career in tech started in a career in customer management. Interesting. And how did you make that move over into the telecommunications sector? My wife is actually from New Zealand. And we moved all the way down to New Zealand. And uh, I met a person who worked for Telecom New Zealand. And they offered me a job that, uh, that I could start in telecommunications, which was obviously the, the foray into technology. That was a really exciting time to join because mobile phones were just starting. Everyone was considering to get their first mobile phone. And broadband was launched when I was working there and right after I started. So the whole concept of the internet, mobility, faster and faster speeds was something that was coming about. So again, I got bitten by the bug with joining that and, uh, and learned both sales and learned technology at the same time. At this point, I thought it would be a good idea to drill down into John's more recent experiences in the tech sector and to talk about Samsung Electronics America's B2B strategy, as well as how the pandemic has played a part in ramping up organizational transformations across multiple industries. How did you end up over at Samsung? It's a funny story. So I, I came back to Ireland. The economy was, uh, was absolutely on fire with the Celtic Tiger. So I joined a company called Aircell in Ireland that later got acquired by a global mobile phone company and spent 16 wonderful years with Vodafone. And then about five years ago, Samsung got in touch with me about whether I wanted to come over and join the building out and the evolution of our B2B mobile organization to really, really build that from the ground up. So then, yes, yeah, so it was around 2016 when I joined uh, the journey with Samsung. Wow. And out of curiosity, so let's say that you're in a social situation and a casual acquaintance comes up and asks, so what do you do for a living? How do you describe your job to someone who's not in the industry? Um, very simply, what I would say that I, and more importantly, the rest of the team in, uh, in Samsung and Mobile B2B do is we um, help businesses digitize and engage with their employees and change their customer experience. So that's really our mission. And we do this across three primary areas, hardware, software, and support. Excellent. So, you, so you're really focused on facilitating the ability of other organizations to be more effective, to uh, perhaps even go through true digital transformations, and, and you're really enabling that sort of process to, to happen. Yes, exactly. That's absolutely our mission. And I truly believe we're achieving it with many companies. This is a, a good chance for us to kind of segue over and talk a little bit more about uh, your experience uh, directly in the field. And one thing I wanted to ask you about is 
When you got your start in telecommunications, it was really just before the, the dawn of the smartphone really took off. How would you say smartphones have, have transformed the industry? Jonathan, you're a gentleman in how you're describing this, but I was well into my career when the smartphone came about. I'm older than you're, uh, than you're insinuating. So I think they are continuing to transform industries and society. I guess it's, it's a truism, you know, that's they're the last thing many of us look at before we go to sleep at night. The first thing we think about uh, when we wake up in the morning, um, they're how we travel, they're how we communicate, they're how we order food, they're how we order transport. And I don't see that that's going to change anytime soon. We're in a constant state of evolution with smartphones. And the next phase now that we're in at the moment is the evolution of the user interfaces. And that's what we're really focused on in Samsung. Makes perfect sense to me. As you point out, the, the smartphone has sort of become the conduit through which we interface with nearly every aspect of modern life. I, I just see that evolution continuing at an ever-increasing pace. Absolutely. And if I could for a moment just pause and talk about enterprise mobility. I think we're, mm-hmm. we're only at the beginning. But when it comes to enterprises, they're only about 30% penetrated. So only about 30% of employees are given a mobile phone or a mobile device in order to conduct their work. So we're only at the beginning of that evolution and the opportunity for enterprises to think about how they can mobilize and digitize their workforce in order to better serve their customers or better manage their own business is exponential. And it's absolutely huge. And that's what's really exciting. A great example is Walmart. We've just launched a program with Walmart to um, distribute 740,000 mobile devices to all of their store associates in order to digitize them. But the absolute power of that is that their associates are able to use the device with many apps inside Walmart during the day when they're in the store, but then they're able to take them home and use them at home for their own personal use. And that's a great example of what many companies are talking to us at the moment about, about how can I digitize every single member of my workforce in order to increase scanning, increase learning, increase development, and increase customer engagement. That 30% figure you you threw out really floored me to think that that's how, how far along on that journey enterprises are. Because as we were talking about earlier, obviously the smartphone has become a central point in our personal lives. I could easily see it becoming a more centralized component of a lot of uh, uh, enterprise activities to facilitate business and to uh, empower workforces and decision-making. You think of just the the capacity for uh, being able to gather and analyze data that would have a direct impact on, on business practices alone. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal stuff. No, ab- absolutely. And it's, you know, we, we can think about, and yet, you know, we all talk so often about the, uh, the pandemic and, you know, what happened with COVID-19 and how that, that brought about a change in work practice, you know, curbside, uh, curbside delivery, at-home delivery, knowing where things are. All of this is driven by mobility, by knowing where everything is, by being able to continuously assess the environment, 
continuously scan inventory, the more companies get better at scanning inventory and knowing what's happening, the better. We were talking recently with one retailer when you're talking about the management of information. And they were saying when they say on their website that they are out of stock potentially, it's plus or minus 20% to what they're telling themselves is in their warehouse or is in their stores because they don't know. And they obviously want to get the power of that to the knowledge, to know everything that's on the shelves, et cetera, so they can reduce that plus or minus 20%. Because very simply, they don't want to tell their customer who wants to buy something that they're out of stock if they're in stock, because obviously that's a lost sale. And then also, when we think about curbside delivery, curbside pickup, you have the whole concept of really the retailers wanting to transact with their customers where the customer is, not where their product is, to make it as easy as possible. And uh, related to that, I remember reading an article not too long ago about uh, sort of the behind the scenes operations of big retail companies that were now beginning to benefit from uh, uh, more accurate scans on the supply chain side so that not only would they already know ahead of time how much inventory was coming in, they would even know how many employees would need to be there to greet the truck in order to unload it. You're totally right. It's the ability to know that information. And we believe that that starts with mobilizing and digitizing every one of your workforce. At T-Mobile for Business, unconventional thinking means we see things differently so you can focus on what matters most. Where some see another small town, we see businesses in need of connectivity. So we built the largest 5G network to cover cities, towns, and the most interstate miles in between. Where some see a caller in a queue, we see an opportunity for our experts to provide solutions without transfers. Where some see another virtual meeting, we see 5G enabling wireless, real-time translations almost anywhere you do business. Our unique approach has made us the leader in 5G, number one in customer satisfaction, and a partner who includes first-class benefits like 5G in every plan. So you get it all without trade-offs. Unconventional thinking is better for business. T-Mobile for business. Open Signal Awards T-Mobile as America's fastest 5G network USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. John, you mentioned, uh, of course, the pandemic made uh, massive changes required throughout multiple sectors all around the world. What were some of the changes in practices and what were some of the technologies that really enabled you to meet the challenge of still you know, doing business as usual in a very unusual set of circumstances? Within Samsung, we decided to really focus on management information. And I would suggest that not only did technology increase 10 years in one month for many companies, but our grasp on our business and knowledge and insight into our business increased 10 years in one month. So we were able to increase our amount of customer engagement and increase our amount of people engagement that I'm really proud of what the team did by really being resilient and thinking for every individual, how can I personally change with what's happened? And how can I change what I'm doing? 
And then the, the last part, Jonathan, to your question there was, how did technology help? Again, it comes back mobility, mobility, mobility. So um, all about enabling the seamless communication. I think it's fascinating how video communication has really taken a step forward. We could all say that video communication was key before 2020, but nowadays video communication is the default and anything else is secondary. So, so that's quite uh, quite incredible, I believe. Yeah, I, I think you're right on the money, John. It really did show that not only could we manage during a great time of transition, we could flourish. We just had to make sure we were using the right tools in order to do it. Absolutely. We mustn't forget, though, that us extroverts do need to have the in-person contact in order to feel energized in, in what we do. And that's why you know, we've been doing a lot of thinking about how we describe um, Samsung's strategy. And as we go forward, and when we're advising and consulting with our customer base, we've been discussing how we're in the and era, not the or era. And it's vitally important for businesses to consider their employee base and their customer base and figure out how to do both and how to enable the workforce to work at home and enable the workforce to be in the office as well. And neither of those two to feel disenfranchised by, uh, by where they choose to locate. We recently did a study and 67% of companies are considering permanent work from home policies. That's an incredible number. And 86% of remote workers are happy with their current arrangement. So those two factors, coupled with the obvious, the, the war on talent, that there is across the U.S. at the moment mean that it's really important um, for businesses to enable collaboration between home and the office. I completely agree. It's so interesting to be to be present during a transitional era like that. It's incredibly unfortunate that a pandemic was the inciting incident, but to actually see a major transition culturally uh, throughout the entire world is pretty phenomenal. And to know that we have different approaches to meet that is also really amazing. Out of curiosity, what are some of the verticals or markets that the B2B mobile division is really focused on right now? So we focus across all the main ones, but some of the top ones at the moment we're super focused in Samsung on the education vertical. Obviously, you know, we talk about how enterprises change. You know, we mustn't forget all of the educators out there that had to change so dramatically last year. And many of them didn't have the existing technology strategies to accommodate this. And they're still within an evolution considering now what's happening with all of the return to school. So we're, we're really focused there helping the schools consider both the hardware, the software, you know, the platform and the security that's needed in order to enable for, uh, for the school children. And thinking about that and era as well, about the school kids that need to be at home and the ones that need to be in the school. So education's a big focus. Healthcare continues to be a really big focus. Again, healthcare changed quite dramatically as a result of the pandemic. The whole concept of telehealth was there before the pandemic, but it became a very fast, real, and furious solution 
for the client base within uh, within healthcare. And we have a number of different solutions with many healthcare partners. And then finally, we're also very focused on the finance vertical, not to exclude any of the ones that I'm not mentioning, but obviously that's a very conservative industry, historically relied on in-person interactions. And, and we're talking to them, you know, we're excited at the moment, we have the launch of some of our, our new phones that we've recently launched, both the flip phone and the fold phone. But the fold phone specifically around the finance vertical is creating a lot of buzz because that goes from being a phone to a tablet to a computer with the use of a Bluetooth keyboard in, in a seamless transition and then just simply folds back to being the phone again. So as our finance vertical partners are talking to us, they're, uh, they're talking to us about how they can change their user interface and their engagement with their customer and client base in order to differentiate amongst themselves. I was eager to get John's insight into a topic I think that is really interesting, that of 5G. And I suspected that John's experience in the field of mobile technology would mean he'd have some interesting perspectives on it. And I was not disappointed. John, I think this is a great moment for us to start talking about some emerging technologies. And there's one I've been dying to ask you because I feel that you would really have a lot to say about it. And that is... 5G deployment, we've seen that being rolled out over the the last uh, year, and it's really, I think, poised to make some uh, big changes in the world of business. Uh, and it obviously goes beyond smartphones. We typically think of it in the terms of smartphones, but obviously this, this uh, communications technology has more applications beyond that. So where does Samsung see this going? Within Samsung, we see it as absolutely core. And it's all about driving a ubiquitous pickup of 5G technology. We were the first to bring 5G into our smartphones. And now all of our main phones and flagship phones that we deploy all have 5G technology in them. And our partners are embracing 5G. And so now people are getting more and more used to seeing on their phone that they're operating using 5G network speeds. I believe people are enjoying these super fast speeds, enjoying no delays in what they're doing, but also specifically around the enterprise, we see private networks as a, uh, as a big opportunity within this. And private networks allows you to provide secure environments, super fast environments, allows you to transition from the private to the public network um, and also gives you information and uh, allows you to, uh, to manage information. But there's many use cases. To talk about two of them, you have manufacturing use cases, smart warehouses, data collected through sensors, et cetera, 5G enabled augmented reality. All of that is evolving. And what's really exciting to me about it is that it's a steady evolution. It's not jerks where it's taking jumps. It's a, it's a really steady evolution where if you just stop and you cast your mind back a year, cast your mind back a couple of years, you don't even realize how you've evolved into it. Just like the whole concept of the self-driving car, et cetera. Cars are getting more and more intelligent and doing more and more for you. So it's not a question of going from nothing to something. 
It's about that steady evolution. And then the second one, which is really ubiquitous, is the corporate and office use cases. We were just talking about video and how the pandemic changed the whole concept of uh, of video becoming the norm and not the unusual approach to meetings. And obviously, 5G is really important for that. Low latency, faster data transfer, greater capacity, all of those concepts are what, what enable that video conferencing and moving to fixed wireless alternatives. You know, the whole concept of work is where you are, not where you go, is totally real now. Now, um, a customer that decides that they do not need to have a laptop or a computer is, is really and truly now in front of them with the computing power of, uh, of the Fold device coupled with the interface, the screen technology, the Bluetooth keyboard, all of, uh, all of those elements and the integration with Microsoft for what it does with all of the Microsoft suite of products. When I was saying that the evolution and how it's going smoothly, we will look back on this time and go, wow, we didn't even realize we'd, uh, we'd morphed into that phase as we were just taken through it. It's, it's phenomenal. I could not imagine this sort of situation a decade ago where work was a specific desk in a specific building that was hardwired to a the building's network and that if you weren't done at the end of the day, you were either staying late or you were just going to have to get to it in the morning. Whereas now like it's so flexible and adaptable, which when you start to leverage that with your your enterprise strategy, you begin to notice ways that you can do business far more effectively than you ever could before. You're no longer constrained by the realities of what the tech limitations were just 10 years ago. I think you're totally right. And it's our job as Samsung and as our peers in the industry to provide that technology and that innovation to our customers. But I think what's changed is people aren't limited by their own minds. People have expanded in how they think they can use their technology and cultures and norms have changed as a result of the pandemic. The cultures and the norms have allowed us in the industry and companies like Samsung to fill that innovation and to absolutely give people the art of the possible. But what's exciting is that people's definition of where that possible begins and ends has totally changed. And uh, you were talking about this idea of being able to go beyond one of the technologies that I'm seeing uh, push people beyond what would normally be their own limitations uh, is artificial intelligence, which is such a, a broad term, I understand. I mean, it's an enormous discipline. But in what ways does your department leverage AI if it does? Well, AI is an evolution. You know, we have that within our devices and we mm-hmm. have that enabled for our partners to develop applications to run on that. And I think that AI and edge computing are two of the next frontiers for uh, for 5G. 5G enables that as well through the speed and the enablement of the computing. But you have end-to-end visibility, control from production to consumption, and you can have people, devices, and systems interacting efficiently and safely in this environment. So there's many aspects to it, but I think both AI, AR, edge computing, all of that, just like we were talking at the beginning of this discussion, we're at 
the beginning of, mm-hmm. uh, of all of that evolution. But what's going to make it exciting is us providing the technology and the hardware and the software, and then the app developers coming in and um, developing the applications in order to use it for the customer base. And we're, we're in a really remarkable time as far as that goes. The fact that we're seeing all of these things maturing uh, rapidly at the same time, it almost makes it difficult to even talk about the present because things are changing so quickly, which is going to make my next question for you even more difficult because we're going to talk about the future, which is that um, what are some of the technologies you feel are going to play a critical role in business moving forward? First of all, what do they need to be thinking about? It's That's very simple. Mobile devices, 5G and edge computing, what I was talking about there. Absolutely. They're the, uh, they're the drivers. That needs to be coupled with the, um, the hardware and the software and the platform that they're using. But what's really important and what came home to me this summer is as you think about those elements, listen to the interns in your organization because they're the ones that will challenge you about how to use them. And they will challenge you about whether you're going fast enough, thinking about your mobility, thinking about 5G, and thinking about edge computing. I couldn't let John go without asking him one more thing. What is one technology that you initially didn't get, that just didn't click with you right away, but now you couldn't live or work without it? The cloud. Everyone talked about the cloud, drew pictures of the cloud, didn't understand uh, what it meant. Where does the data go? What does it really do for you? But now, can we live without it? Can you use your cable TV at home? What happens when you uh, you get a power cut? You don't lose what you've uh, recorded. You change phones, you have your Spotify, you log in, your music comes down to that. So the cloud appeared I don't think any of us fully got what it was. And now we certainly couldn't live without it. Um, (laughs) I think if I was going to just add, I know it's quick questions, but I always like to say that the mobile phone was the original cloud uh, Mm -hmm. because of mobility. John, this was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Really enjoyable. Like a lot of folks who are more on the consumer side than the enterprise side, I had a fairly narrow view on the role of smartphones in our world. And speaking with John made me appreciate how the devices that have already impacted our personal lives stand to make equally stunning transformations for enterprises. Whether it's a small business or a multinational conglomerate, Mobile computing is bound to become a core asset in business. You pair that with advancements in edge computing, Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, and 5G to connect it all together, and you're talking about capabilities that will fundamentally change how we think of business, which is pretty exciting. Thanks once again to John Curtis for joining the show and sharing his expertise. Make certain to tune in to future episodes of The Restless Ones, where I'll have more conversations with thought leaders, decision makers, and the folks who are building the path to our future. I'm Jonathan Strickland. At T-Mobile for Business, unconventional thinking means we see things differently, so you can focus on what matters most. 
That's why we've become the leader in 5G, number one in customer satisfaction, and a partner who includes 5G in every plan. So you get it all. Unconventional thinking is better for business. Open Signal Awards T-Mobile as America's fastest 5G network USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some users may require certain plan or features. See t For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com awards.